Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to Pirates Talk. Seton Hall has righted the ship. After dropping two straight to Providence and Villanova, losses that came with a number of key players missing due to COVID, Kevin Willard's crew has bounced back with consecutive wins over Butler and UConn, the latter coming in overtime before a raucous crowd of over 11,000 at Prudential Center last Saturday. The win against Connecticut was a coming-out party for sophomore guard Kadari Richmond, who scored a career-high 27 points and at one point scored 17 straight Pirates points. Seton Hall improved to 11-3 with the wins, 2-2 in the Big East. The team has moved up four spots in the most recent Associated Press poll and is now ranked 20th in the country as it prepares for a two-game road trip against DePaul and Marquette, beginning on Thursday in Chicago before wrapping up on Saturday against the Golden Eagles. On a personal note, I'll be working alongside Dave Popkin on the radio broadcast of Saturday's game. Gary Cohen is sidelined and Dave is moving from the analyst's chair to the play-by-play role and I will slide into the role normally handled by Dave. To say I'm pumped is an understatement. But I'm just as excited to welcome my guest to the program. Grant Bill Meyer is a 2007 graduate of Seton Hall where he helped the Pirates to two NCAA appearances in 2004 and 2006. After playing in Europe following graduation, Bill Meyer returned to his alma mater to join head coach Kevin Willard's staff. With the exception of one year when he served as an assistant coach at Fairleigh Dickinson University, Bill Meyer has been with Willard ever since. In June, he was elevated to the role of associate head coach. Bill Meyer is an integral part of Willard's staff, but he is known for his work in the development of Seton Hall's big men, Angel Delgado won the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar National Center of the Year Award in 2018. In 2020, Romero Gill was named the Big East Defensive Player of the Year and the conference's most improved player, while last season, Sandro Mamukalashvili was a finalist for the Carl Malone Power Forward of the Year Award and now plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. And with that, it's my pleasure to welcome Grant Billmeyer to Pirates Talk. Grant Billmeyer, thank you so very much for carving out some time from the busiest part of ye- of your year. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today. No, no, no problem, Matt. Honored to be on, and really excited about talk about our team and everything Seton Hall basketball related. Well, what a what a great start it has been for Seton Hall at eleven and three as we record this. You're about to head to DePaul and then on to Marquette. So at eleven and three. Every athlete, every coach feels that his team is capable of maybe exceeding expectations or what have you. I'm just wondering, are you surprised in any way with what has happened, pleasant or otherwise, that's gotten this team to this great start and a 20th ranking in the national polls? I think I'm just really excited by the way we've, you know, fought, fought through adversity. You know, it was, uh, you know, anytime you have to play at Providence and play Villanova at home, with only eight players and you, you know, you're missing your two front court guys and Ike and Tyrese. I think that's extremely difficult. And we had two both very difficult losses and that, and I love the way we responded to it. You know, we, we came in the gym at following the Bill and Oval loss with an unbelievable attitude going into the Butler game. And I think, you know, in the early in the Butler game, we got down, but you know, we never showed um, any kind of panic. We just kind of came together and, you know, our bench was terrific in that game and, um, and that kind of got us going, going into the UConn game. So I just, I just love the way that even though we lost two games, no one ever dropped their head and we kind of just stayed with it. 
And the result of that has been two really good uh, wins at Butler and at home against a really good UConn team. And then on the road, as I mentioned, for two more before, uh, you know, you go into more of the Big East season. So anyway, good luck against DePaul and Marquette, of course, and the rest of the way. So what has been the reason this team has had that resilience? A lot is made of how much it's a veteran club with uh, players who have come in as graduates, uh, seniors who are coming back. Miles Kale takes an extra year. Bryce Aiken decides to come back for another year. Is that experience really the factor behind it, or is there more? I think anything, anytime you have an older team, I think that certainly helps. But you know, you can be old and and, and not have any talent and uh, <laughs> and struggle. But I, I think I think we have a lot of talented players, and and I think our guys are okay with it being someone else's night. And and I think that makes us tough to scout just because we have so many players and so many weapons you have to go, go about it. You know, I don't know where Kadari Richmond was on, on UConn scouting report, but you know, the kid had 27 points. And I think that's my point of, you know, I think we have a lot of guys that can go off on any given night and it doesn't have to be a guy that's in the starting lineup. And there seems to be a genuine respect and love among this team. And, and you hear it in their comments leading up to games or afterward. And I don't want to say that's rare, but in a day and age when it seems it's a lot about me, what can I get? How can my brand be further exploited by my success on the court? Uh, it it actually has to be something that coaches embrace and love, making the job a little easier. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we, we, we try to recruit good kids and kids that want to come here and be a part of something bigger than themselves and you know their the team goals are bigger than their individual goals so i i think that's important and you know we're, we're responsible for the you know the kind of kids we bring in and um we just want to bring kids that are all about trying to get the program better and win games and obviously we and then it's our job to try to help them reach their you know their goals both when they're at Seton Hall and when, when they move on from here so that leads me then to what is a Seton Hall player, the player that you and the rest of the staff and Kevin are looking to recruit? What are you looking for in these young men who you have to look into the future and say, what will this player be like in a few years? What are some of the specifics that you guys look for? I think, I think they have to have a love for the game of basketball because I think we spend a ton of time in the gym trying to get guys better. And if you don't love the game, and this probably isn't a staff to play for because we are constantly in the gym trying to get our guys better, trying to get them to constantly get a little bit better every single day. So I think it starts with a lot of the game. Got guys that um, play with a chip on their shoulder. Get, get guys that are going to bring it every, every day they walk in. Got guys that, you know, are, are skilled, are, are talented basketball players. And um, But mo- most most important, we, we want guys that are winners. Get guys that compete every time we see them, whether it's a high school center, a high school setting or an AAU setting. Do you find that as the team has had success and you've been a part of that, of course, in developing players, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but players have gotten better consistently when they've come into Seton Hall, if they're putting in the work, do you find that that word has now gone out and more doors are open than maybe seven years ago, eight years ago when you were recruiting for Seton Hall? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've had four guys um, since 2016 go on from here and play in the NBA. So I, I think that's certainly 
I think that certainly helps. And I think it certainly opens doors. And I think kids, kids see that. And, you know, kids, kids have goals and most of them say they want to play in the NCAA tournament and they want to play in the NBA. And I think they've seen that they come to Seton Hall and they can easily achieve both of those. And yet, as a Seton Hall grad myself, you just can't roll out the Seton Hall welcome wagon and expect a bunch of players to hop on board simply because they'll get a good education and they'll play in the Big East. And as you mentioned, a chance if they develop properly to have a chance to play on another level. So what is recruiting like for Seton Hall, for you, for the staff in this day and age when there's a lot of publicity about these young players they want to worry about their future, et cetera. So what's it like? How have things changed? Or has it changed? Is it really just about the basketball and and success academically? No, I, I, you know, I think we have a lot of people that have come through this program where we can, you know, we can say, hey, this person came here and they've been successful. Certainly, you know, Angel Delgado was a Kareem jabbar Award winner. Is all-time leading rebounder in Big East history. You look at someone like Sandra, who you know came off the bench the majority of his games his senior year, and he's now in the rotation for the defending NBA champions. So you you, you have a lot of guys that you can point at both basketball and then off the court. You know you have someone like Mike Enzi, who's always sitting courtside and is working for Goldman Sachs and it's Goldman Sachs as having a terrific work career. So it, it's, it's more than just basketball with us. And I think there's a lot of guys that we can, we, we can talk to recruits about and say, Hey, this is, this is kind of how we envision you. And this is a guy that's done it as opposed to saying, we want you to be the first guy. Now, now guys can kind of see the guys that have come before them to blaze a trail for them. I want to talk a little bit about your work with those big players. Uh, my good friend and the program uh, is blessed to have someone like Jerry Carino cover the team because he does such a terrific job. Uh, and he has referred to you as a, a big man whisperer because of the success <laughs> that some of the big guys have had. What's the key there? What's the work like that you put in, but obviously they have to as well. You know, I, I think it's just our, our entire program, our entire staff, Coach Willard's belief is, you know, as a program, we, we can't get better if we don't get them better individually. So we really try to spend a lot of time with our players. And, you know, ba- basketball is not a cookie-cutting operation where, you know, every everyone's the same. And there's certain things that you do with Ike and there's certain things you do with Tyrese and there's certain things you do with Alexis and Trey um, that, that are going to help them get better. And, and I think we try to really – see how a guy can be successful and what they need to work on and what they need to continue to improve on. And we really try to spend a lot of time with them and not just do the same stuff that the guys did in the past because every player is different. And we use a lot of guys different in our system. And, you know, we, we, we switch up things year to year based on our personnel and, and put guys in position to show their strengths. Uh, I'm going to refer to a, a story then. And I think it was Jerry. I want to give credit to him if it is, but I, I I hope it's not somebody else. At any rate, he was writing something about Alexis Yetna, and you were talking about the work that he's done. Uh, and this was early. This might have been just coming off of the summer and, and camp was about to open. But at any rate, uh, you said you can do all the rebounding drills, but you can only get so much better at rebounding. You either have it or you don't. Alexis has it. What is it when it comes to rebounding? 
I think it's just a feel for where the ball is going to be. And then it's also a mindset. It's a mindset of when that ball goes up, I'm, I'm going to grab it. And I think Alexis has a great mindset. And I think he takes a lot of pride, similar to how Angel used to try to get every rebound of practice, even, you know, even if Desi tried to get a rebound, Angel say, no, no, that's, that's, that's my job to rebound. Your job is to score. Um, and, and Alexis doesn't have that exact mindset, but Alexis believes you know, even though he's not the most athletic guy, even though he's not the most physical guy, Alexis believes when that shot goes up that, that he's going to wind up with the ball in his hands. I just want to go back a little bit uh, in our remaining time here to your playing days at Seton Hall. When you think about it, let's see, you entered as an 18-year-old? Yes. And so now you're, what, 37? 37. Thanks for the reminder, Matt. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's way in my rearview mirror. So I would like to rewind the clock. My point is, can you believe it? It's been almost half your life now spent with and around the campus uh, at Seton Hall. I can't imagine when you came in that that's what you saw, or maybe you did. I'm just curious. You know what, Matt? I, I really don't know anything else. Um, you know, I've, I spent one year at Fairleigh Dickinson, but. Um, since I came in at 18, I, I spent two years in, you know, playing professional basketball, one year in Germany, one year in Portugal. I spent one year coaching at St. Patrick's High School with Kevin Boyle um, and one year as an assistant at Fairleigh Dickinson. But other than those four years, every, every year has been spent at Seton Hall. So I know the Seton Hall way. I know the family way. Um, and, and I went and when I went in wanted to spend the time at any other, uh, any other university. It's been a special place. And, you know, where they, where they told me when they started recruiting me, that staff and Lewis Orr is the head coach, everything's been true. It's, it's the people that make Seton Hall such a great experience. And the people that I've got to work with, people in this building, the people on the campus, they, they've been nothing but great. And it's relationships that I'll always have with me my entire life. Twice when you played for the Hall under Coach Orr, they went to the NCAA in 2004 and 2006, 2004, winning a game uh, in the first round. And 2006 was a bit of a surprise team because 2005, there were issues and, and struggles. So what are some of the moments that stand out for Grant Billmeyer from his time playing for Seton Hall? Um, I would definitely say we, we had some really good wins against Pittsburgh um, my freshman year. We beat them in double overtime. I came off the bench, made a huge contribution to that win. And then also my junior year, Pittsburgh hadn't lost at home that entire season. And we needed to win that game to get into the NCAA tournament. And they thought we had no chance of coming in there and winning the game. And we wound up winning the game that solidified our spot in the NCAA tournament. So both of those wins uh, definitely stand out in my mind. My, my freshman year, we also beat a really good Arizona team with Andre Iguodala, Channing Fry, a Hall, a Hall of Fame coach, and Lute Olson. So that, that was a terrific win, some unbelievable memories. Winning at the, winning at the Carrier Dome my junior year, that, was, uh, that came at a time where, you know, we were struggling a little bit and we needed to win that game to kind of get ourselves going. And, you know, it was a very hard-fought game, one, one that we wound up winning in the final seconds. So th those are just some of the particular moments that come to my mind right away. But I'm sure I could sit here and talk to you about hours, about great wins and great memories with, in my time wearing a Seton Hall uniform. Well, and then it's continued, of course, on the sideline as first an assistant, now an associate head coach, which you were named to that position in June. And congratulations on that. It, it shows the work you've done, the respect that Kevin has for you, and, and uh, a well-deserved uh, 
if not boost in influence, at least uh, boost in title and hopefully it came with a little extra money in the check. But we don't have to talk about that. So all these great memories rolled into one. And now here you are in the 21-22 season, a club that's gotten off to this terrific start. How how high up is Seton Hall's bar set at this point? You know, I, mean, I just I just try to take it. And this might sound cliche, just day by day, man. We're just we're just focused on this road trip right now, p- p- playing in the Midwest. And the Pauls had some excellent wins this year. They were right there taking Villanova wire to wire, and obviously Marquette's playing as a, playing as well as anyone in the league. So uh, I, I'm just focused on that. I know fan bases always think about where a team can go, and you guys sit around thinking about that. All, all all we're talking about is this road trip, and if, if firstly, it's, it starts with our game on our game tomorrow at the Paul and that, 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 that's all I can really think about. I can't think too much past, you know, what, what's, what's presently in front of us. Coaches have that. And in my many years of covering athletics, I should have known that that is the response because it really is the day to day that leads to the success built upon success and the end result, right? Exactly. So fans are hoping for, Great run. You, of course, are hoping for it, but you understand about the work that goes into it. So what will it take to have the success that everyone hopes and deep inside you and Kevin and everyone else has for this team? That focus that needs to be there day in and day out. So far, as you mentioned, the strength of this team putting distractions aside is certainly uh, something that you'll lean heavily on as the games get more important and the pressure increases. But what, what are some of the things that this team needs to do? I think we just need to continue to, to to get better. And I think the team you're seeing right now in January is good. And we, we, we got to take it week by week and we got to continue to get better both in some areas offensively and both some areas defensively. If we continue to do that. We'll continue to improve. And um, I think if this team continues to get better, we're going to continue to win games. Big East has a number of teams, uh, obviously, that are highly regarded and ranked. Does it get enough respect, though, overall? Because people are saying the Big East is back. I'm not sure it went anywhere. Is it? Is this year? Is this year better than others? What, what's your overall thirty thousand foot view of Big East basketball? Yeah, I think I think the Big East this year is really good. I think last year it might have been down a little bit, just based upon the amount of teams that got into the NCAA tournament. But I think, you know, I think the conference has been extremely strong. And then you throw in a, a national brand like UConn, it, it only helps the league get better. And I think UConn has a very good team this year. So I think the league is as good as it's been since the re- realignment. But unfortunately, UConn's in there recruiting a lot of the same guys at Seton Hall. But that's part of the competition, right? Exactly. Exactly. You want you want to win in any other way. Because in the end, we're talking about A guys, meaning alpha males who want to win at every level, whether you're the coach, whether you're a player, uh, you know, everyone involved in the program. It's like, hey, challenge us. We'll respond to the challenge and see uh, where we go. What's your relationship like with Kevin Willard? You know, I, I, when, I, when I walked into his office, I guess that was geez, almost 12 years ago. I, I, I was looking to get into the profession and obviously I wanted to start my career on my alma mater. And 
you know, he kind of looked at me like, you sure you want to do this? Because <laughs> the, the program was kind of in a dark position. And, you know, we had a cast of characters that, um, you know, when you're the young guy on the staff and you're going to have to deal with them on a day-to-day basis. He kind of looked at me like, you sure this is what you want to get into and how you want to spend the rest of your life. But, um, you know, I've been fortunate where I've worked with him 11 years and I think we have great trust in one another and he's helped me both grow as a coach and as a person. And I'm forever grateful and loyal to everything he's done for me and my family. And I'm glad he's given me a lot of responsibilities and shown that he's trusted me um, in, in a lot of areas. And it, is reflected in how you are viewed around the country as one of the it, quote unquote, assistant coaches and the next guy who will move on to his own gig. How do you balance that? You know, you want to move on, but you've got a good situation here. I guess it's just part of the process, right? Yeah, you know what, Matt? Like I, I wake up every day and I've never had to go to work. That's <laughs> how I look at this situation. And I truly mean, I, I love the person I work for. I love the people I work with. And I love the players we have in our program. I love being around them, spending time in the locker room. I'm glad, you know, in certain areas we can spend time with them on the road. And we, we, we have a great group of kids. So I really don't get caught up too much in the future. I feel like all that stuff will take care of itself how it's supposed to. But I feel like the most important thing is taking care of what's in front of us and trying to be as, as successful as we can be as a program. And like many coaches, I think you'd have to say your wife, Jennifer is a saint, right? Because the hours are just insane that you have to put in. Yeah. Yeah. She, she certainly is. She's, uh, you know, I say she's, she's the head coach at home. When, when, when the, when, when my daughter has a question and she can watch another episode of Peppa Pig, I always say, I, I, I ask the head coach, your, your, your mom's the one, your mom's the one calling the shots around here, but she's, uh, she, she does an unbelievable job, you know, with, with two kids, you know, with us heading out on the road for a road swing. And she, uh, she, she, she holds it down for, for me and for the kids. And she, uh, she, she does a lot of stuff to make me at ease and, where, where I can just kind of concentrate on my job and spend some time with the kids. But she, she does a great job balancing out having two kids. Well, you, you need that support at home because you do put a lot of time in. I mean, whether it's as you're about to embark on a road trip, but you're also on the road recruiting. I mean, earlier this this week, you were down south looking at a player. So you're gone a lot, aren't you? Yeah, go, go, gone a lot. But, you know, the good thing is, you know, we, we started dating, I think, in 2012. So. She, she she knew back then what, yeah. what what you know this profession entails. Uh, I always think you know if, if someone's going to marry a coach, the, you, you, they really need to know the ins and outs. You know how, how you can have a last minute recruiting trip put on you if, if if they don't know what they're getting themselves into. It might not be for everyone, but luckily for my wife, she she loves the game of basketball. She loves my job as much as I do, and she's very supportive in everything. Well, I, I'm going to let you go on that note, a family note, because it's important. Seton Hall is family, and you've obviously got a, a wonderful family at home, a, a young family with a, the young daughter and a son born last summer. Grant, thank you so much for your time. We wish you the very best of luck the rest of this season and wherever the future roads lead you. But I know I've appreciated spending some time with you, and I know our listeners appreciate your thoughts. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate you having on, having me on and taking the time out of your day to interview me. And anything else you need in the future, let me know. And to anybody listening, go Pirates. We appreciate your support. We know uh, we know there's a lot of things going on, but coming in, coming into a 
Pack Prudential Center was terrific. And, you know, you, you, you guys definitely helped us get a few stops this past weekend, weekend against UConn when we really needed them. So thank you to everybody and look forward to seeing everybody soon. True words spoken by Grant Billmeyer. Let's face it, the crowds have come out at Prudential Center. The place has been rocking, and that support has been a very important component of Seton Hall's success this year. And, oh boy, keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, there's something special happening at Seton Hall. There's no question about that. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk. Thanks to Grant Billmeyer for his time. With six appearances in the NCAA tournament, two as a player, four as a coach, He's tied for the most appearances in school history with P.J. Carlissimo and two of P.J.'s assistants, Bruce Hamburger and Tom Sullivan. Barring a complete collapse, number seven is on the horizon for Grant Billmeyer. Pirates Talk is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, as always, to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the program and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. I'm Matt Lachlan. Until next time, be safe, be well. And as Coach Bill Meyer said, let's go Pirates. Pirates.